to the book of Psalms, Psalm 3. Psalm 3, and you know, it was quite some time ago that I found out that I was going to have this opportunity to preach God's Word, and uh, right away the Lord spoke to my heart about this particular passage of Scripture. Psalm 3 tonight, the title of my message is Facing Tomorrow, Facing Tomorrow. Psalm 3 tonight, Psalm 3, this was written about 3,000 years ago. So you could say the word of God here certainly is staying power, okay? And of course, all of God's word. I mean, it's good for every generation, every time period, every whatever, you know. And, uh, and you know, the core of the subject that we're going to see here in Psalm 3 is just as current and fresh as uh, just this morning. Because, you know, I have a suspicion that when you woke up this morning... One of the first things you thought about, or maybe even talked about, was this. How did you sleep last night? How did you sleep last night? You know, and uh, well, that's what we're going to look at. Uh, we're going to look about, uh, we're going to see what God's Word has got to say about this very important subject. And it is an important subject. I mean, you know, you can only go just so long without getting your sleep, and uh, it, it's serious consequences. So we are going to talk about uh, facing tomorrow. So Psalm 3, Psalm 3 uh, tonight, and let's all stand. Let's all stand out of respect for God's word, and uh, a Psalm of David, when he fled from Absalom his son. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me. O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people, Selah. Now, Heavenly Father, we ask you tonight that you would, Lord, incline our hearts and our hearing, Lord, to hear what God's word has got to say. Lord Jesus, do help us tonight. Speak to our hearts anew and afresh, and we will give Jesus all the praise. Amen. Uh, go ahead and have a seat, everybody. You know, my grandmother Pearl, we called her Granny Pearl. Uh, she was a true mountain woman, I mean, through and through. I remember as a kid one time when we were visiting, and uh, she said, Jimmy, uh, she said, Jimmy, come help me. She said, we're going to get dinner. And so I went out the back door, and I noticed that when she was going out the back door, she grabbed an axe. 
I mean an axe, full-size axe. And I thought, wow, you know, this is going to be interesting, you know. And I went out to a chicken coop, and she said, Jimmy, she said, reach in there and grab one of them chickens. And uh, I tentatively tried to do just that, and I wasn't very successful about it. She said, just reach in there and grab one. And uh, it it was not going to happen. So she finally, she just went ahead and did it. She reached in there and grabbed that chicken, and she grabbed that chicken by the neck, and I never saw such a thing in all my life. I mean, the way way she spun that chicken around, you know, and took it right over there to the uh, stump that she had there, and she showed me why she brought that axe along. And the next thing I knew, uh, we were getting closer to eating dinner. But like I said, she was just a true mountain woman. That's all there was to it. But you know what? Everybody said this about her. They said that she could, she was a little tiny woman, really. But uh, they always said this about her. She said, I'll tell you one thing about Granny Pearl. She could sleep in a bushel basket, you know. <laughs> and I, you know, and I, I tried to imagine that. And I, and I thought, well, you know, that's possible. That's po-. You know, I, I tried to imagine that, you know, and so forth. But, you know, I tell you, I think that I can say that all of us have trouble with our sleep at one time or another. And, of course, that was what was going on here in uh, David's life. And he talks about how the Lord helped him. Because the next day, and we'll talk about it in just a little bit, the next day some pretty big things are going to be taking place in David's life. But you know how often, how often, folks, do we find ourselves, we, uh, th- there's something that's, that's really troubling us, something that has really disturbed us, some burden, some decision, something that weighs on our mind. And, and, and you know, some of us sometimes, we can just lie awake at night and we can just toss and turn and toss and turn and uh, we just worry and just wonder, how are we going to face tomorrow? And I know that uh, for some time, in my own life, I've, uh, I've just sat there and just sat there. And next thing I knew, I saw the morning hours coming upon. And I realized that, you know, I hardly slept at all last night. You know, that's something that we all know a little bit about. I mean, we may have heard about REM and we may have heard about this sleep study and that sleep study and this and that and this and that and all the rest of it. But, you know, I think David really does show us here uh, the real cure and the real answer to uh, insomnia or sleeplessness. Uh, Here in the third psalm, this psalm in which we find uh, David praying to the Lord and looking to the Lord when it was the second time that David had to run outside of Jerusalem, that he had to flee from Jerusalem. Uh, You know about the first time. The first time was when uh, King Saul was chasing him and was after him. I mean, David's popularity and, uh, and, uh, and his, his uh, envy among all the people uh, was something that Saul just could not handle. And so he sought for David's life. And, uh, and here David was being pursued by King Saul. But now... It's not an old uh, jealous king that is after him. It's his own flesh and blood. His own flesh and blood. His son, Absalom, 
along with his backstabbing friends and, and associates. Uh, they had fallen for Absalom's deceitful charms and, and joined David's disloyal son in rebellion. And so we come to Psalm 3. Psalm 3, Psalm 3 is a psalm of what is called a psalm of lament, meaning a, a, a psalm about sorrow, a psalm about grief, a song about pain, a song about a burden that, that falls upon people. And, uh, and you will find there are many, many, many psalms of lament all through the book of Psalms. Matter of fact, some Bible teachers say as many as 70%, 70% of the book of Psalms are about this very thing, about heartbreak, about sorrow, about grief, about complaint. That uh, and, and you know, it's a common theme in the Word of God. Matter of fact, we have one whole book of the Bible, don't we? And it's called Lamentations. Meaning about all the lament, all of the sorrow, all of the grief. Uh, written by Jeremiah the prophet. And there was a whole lot to be sorrowful about, frankly. Because it was a time of uh, the, the nation of Judah that had, uh, had disobeyed the Lord, had no fear of God in their eyes, and the result was because of their sin, because of they had forsaken God, uh, you know how that turned out? Sorrow upon sorrow upon sorrow upon sorrow. And let's face it, folks, this world in which we live there's a whole lot of sorrow that goes on. And that's because we see so many people that no longer have a fear of God in their eyes. We see a people, we see a time and when so many are rejecting the word of God and rejecting the Lord and turning away from what God asks of us in our lives. And you know, when you do that, when you reject the Lord and turn away from the Lord and rebel against the Lord, guess what is going to happen? And sorrow after sorrow after sorrow after sorrow. Oh yes, it is going to happen for sure. But you know the precious thing about it is these psalms of lament, these many, many, many psalms that uh, are in the word of God, each one of them uh, teach us that we can take everything that comes our way Every grief, every complaint, every point of sorrow, we can take it to the Lord. We can take it to the Lord. And you know, uh, maybe you've experienced that time. Well, listen, I want you to know that you are not the only one with the list of complaints. Fact of the matter is you are not alone. You'll find many that have complaints, many that have sorrow. And if there's one thing that we need to remember uh, right here about th that God's word is showing us that, uh, that when it comes to everything in our lives, God wants us to share that with him. God wants us to bring it to him. He wants, he invites, he invites to bring our sorrows to him. He invites us to bring that complaint, that grief, that all those things that we are facing. He wants to handle everything that we face. 
Oh, I tell you what, my friends. I hope you understand this. God's got a thick skin. You know that? God has got a thick skin. God can handle it. God can deal with it. God can help us. God can meet the need in our life for us. And these psalms that we read of grief and of sorrow and of heartbreak, uh, each one of them just encourages us to call upon the Lord, the one who is the creator, the one who is the judge of the universe, and he invites us to call unto him. He loves us. He loves us and he cares for us. And uh, he gives us that liberty. He gives us that freedom to pour all of our complaints, all of our problems, all of our grief, all of our sorrow before his very throne. Before his very throne. Oh, I know you've heard this verse before. But you know what? Uh, Put the two verses together. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 at verse 15 and verse 16. Catch it now. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Now, notice the next verse. Let us therefore come boldly. Come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Oh, have you had a time where you spent most of the night tossing and turning, tossing and turning? Not just about a little thing, but a big deal. Something that you just didn't know what to do. You didn't know what the answer was. You know, I have to be honest with you and confess to you that probably the thing that has kept me up at night, which I dare say probably is the same for every one of us tonight who are parents, been about our children. Had been about our children. Oh, I'm telling you, sometimes the most intense heartaches that I've had in life has been about my children. And by extension, my grandchildren. And now, my great-grandchildren. My family. My family. Oh, can you imagine David's heart pain that he experienced? I mean, his own son, his own flesh and blood was trying to destroy him and take his kingdom away from his father by force. Imagine the shame that David felt. Imagine here David, the mighty warrior king, runs out of Jerusalem. Listen, barefoot. Yeah, barefoot and weeping. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 15 and verse number 30. And you'll see it stated there. And David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet. And this is what it's talking about. And wept as he went up and had his head covered and he went barefoot. Here the great king of Israel has to run out of Jerusalem weeping. Barefoot. 
And all the people that was with him covered every man his head. And they went up weeping as they went up. How tragic. How tragic. No wonder, no wonder there would be those that would have trouble sleeping. But what about David? What did David say? He said he didn't have any trouble. He, he knew that the Lord was going to take care of him. He knew that the Lord was going to provide. Oh, yes, it was a sorrowful time. It was a time of great heartbreak on the part of King David. But, oh, I'm telling you, in this precious, precious portion of God's word, we see the truth that we read, that the Holy Spirit teaches us that how we can sleep tonight and how, yes, indeed, we can learn how we can face tomorrow. How can we face tomorrow? Oh, John 14, 26, a precious verse. But the comforter, yes, the comforter. You know that word there for comforter has the idea of being orphanless. That is, not have any parents, not have any father. And the comforter is the one who can help the one who is, there's nobody else for them. But the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Psalm chapter 4 and verse 8 says, I, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. And sleep tonight. And, and for the Lord only makest me dwell in Safety. Oh, I tell you, God uses a broken-hearted father, a humiliated king, to encourage us as you and I, we face those desperate situations of life. How can we have victory? How can we be helped in times of great stress when there were so many who appeared to be against us? Well, Psalm 3, I think you'll find in these eight verses great help when it comes to that. Those of you who are taking notes, one point that I'd like to leave with you tonight is in the first two verses, and that is uh, God's word says what? He says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. What can you do? Point number one. Lay your distress before the Lord. Just give it all to God. Lay it out for him. I tell you. Things were starting to really pile up here on David's heart. You know, I remember a few years ago, there were some counselors that were running around the country. And, and it was a popular thing for a while where these counselors assigned a numeric value for different kinds of heartbreak and disappointments in life. Uh, things like if you lost a child, that was like so many points. If you lost your job, that was so many points. If you had gone through a divorce, that was so many points. If you had had major surgery, 
surgery uh, that was so many points, if you lost a spouse or, or whatever, you know, and, and, and they added it all up. And if you had this much, you know, they, they more or less they were saying that, oh, you better look for help somewhere because uh, you can't handle any more than this. Well, I don't know about all that. But I do know that I can see here that, boy, there was pressure on David's situation. I mean, he was on the verge of crushing his own spirit. Uh, Did you see there in verse number one of that passage? Did you see where it says, many? And and then it says also in that uh, passage of Scripture, uh, these things have increased. And then in verse number two, he says again, he says, many... Uh, I tell you, David was outnumbered. He was in the minority when it came to all the troubles and all the problems that he had. And again, it wasn't an attack from an enemy nation. It wasn't from lifelong enemies. No, this was all internal. This was all part of his own home. He was part of his own nation. He was part of his own family. They were divided and against him. And isn't it true, folks, that problems within a family, problems within a church, problems within a business can be some of the most grievous and some of the hardest to deal with uh, it, 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 when, when it's all amongst folks who should be getting along. David had no other place to turn but the Lord. And he did turn to the Lord. He poured out all of his stress and spirit before the throne of an omnipotent God. Uh, All the hurt that was in his heart, he poured out at the feet of his his heavenly father. Yes, uh, lay your distress before God. Oh, yes, when he fled from Absalom, his son, Oh, yes, when enemies oppose and rise up against you, that is the time to lay it all before the Lord. And let's face it, folks, there can be a lot that goes against us in this life. I mean, there are a lot of things that are out there that we have to face that are not pleasant, that are not good, that are troubling, that are difficult. I mean, there can be all kinds of problems out there. I mean, uh, I look around and how many of us have had to deal with physical problems, some kind of an illness, maybe some sort of a disease, something about uh, our health just wearing away, just getting weaker and weaker and weaker. I, I mean, those things, you can't laugh at them. You just can't just ignore them. They're there. And I mean, we have problems of things that cause fear, things that cause discouragement, maybe depression, frustration, anger, hatred, those things that are against us. And of course, don't forget all the things that are before us to tempt us. I mean, folks, I tell you, all of us, all of us have to deal with the flesh, Issues of greed, and pride, lust, whatever. And yet God's word tells us that all of these attacks, they come from one place, from one person. And we know who that is, 
Satan himself. Satan himself. You know what, folks? Don't forget, he is the great enemy of God. He is your great enemy as well. He is behind every attempt uh, that comes our way, that got our name on it, and he wants to destroy us. He wants to ruin us. He wants to see us beaten and in the dust and in the dirt. He wants to destroy those whom the Father wants to help, especially those who don't know the Lord Jesus Oh, Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 10 to 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Yeah, we've got enemies out there. We've got enemies out there. And I tell you, one of the things that we need to understand as a Christian is that as we grow in the Lord, as we grow in the Lord, and as we get closer to the Lord, what about the trials? What about the testings that come? Do they, are they minimized? Do they go away? No, they don't. Because as we grow in the Lord... As we grow on the Lord and we mature in faith, those are the times when it seems like that our testing, our trials, and yes, troubles can even be more so. And you know, it stands to reason. And that is, you know, you take, for example, the carnal Christian. The Christian who doesn't have a concern about living a separated godly life. The Christian who doesn't witness for the Lord, doesn't study God's word. Uh, I mean, as the scripture says, uh, saved yet so as by fire. How much does Satan have to worry about, you know, making that person ineffective? He doesn't have to do anything because they are already ineffective. But you find a Christian who takes Matthew chapter 16 as a reality, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. You take that person, and that's the person that Satan is going to attack. He's going to come after you. He's going to come after you. He's going to come after you. I mean, he's going to send his demons. He's going to send his workers, those that he knows that are effective, and, and, and attack us, and attack us, and attack us, and attack us. But as he does that, as we, to, we, we insist on following the Lord, we're going to trust him. We're going to go forward. We're going to go forward. We're going to go forward. Oh, yes, that's where we grow. That's where it even gets sweeter as we come around the presence in the, of the Lord. So, yes, lay your distress before God. When enemies oppose and rise up against you, when friends say that God has forsaken you and will not deliver, that's what verse number two here is pointing out. Uh, look at it again. Many there be would say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. 
Selah. Did you notice how many times that little word Selah is used in this psalm? I think three times. Three times. And you know, there's a lot of discussion, there's a lot of debate, just exactly what that means about Selah. Uh, many, many believe that it, it's about a pause. It's about a time to stop and think and consider and meditate about what it is that you have just uh, uh, been through. But you know, there are some who believe that it's a, a musical term, very similar to what we know in music as a forte. And, you know, you have a forte, you have a double forte, because you can have a triple forte, meaning louder, louder, louder. But David points that out. Oh, but listen, I am going to trust the Lord. And so a child of God who's spiritually minded understands, yes, the devil is going to attack, and some of those attacks can come from False friends, uh, those that uh, they uh, uh, t- thought they were uh, for us. We thought that they were on our side, but instead, uh, what does it say here in the scripture? It was about those that had been so influenced by Absalom. Those so influenced by Absalom, they justified it because they said, well, you know what, David, uh, the Lord's just punishing you. Uh, the, the Lord's letting this happen to you, David, because oh, of all the things that you have, have done. Uh, remember the fellow by the name of Shimei, who was a relative of Saul? He cursed David as he fled Jerusalem. 2 Samuel chapter 16 and verse number 8 talks about that. And it says, And the Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned, and the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son, and behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. Oh, David, you deserve these things. Uh, I mean, we're for Absalom now. Look at all the trouble that you've had. Look at all, because David, you're, uh, look at what you have done, and this is why. Oh, you know what, folks? You can always justify a bad attitude. You can always justify a carnal spirit, a selfish spirit, an evil spirit. Oh, you know, when the child of God faces trouble, sad to say, some carnal Christians, and yes, even unbelievers, will say, oh, I know what's wrong. I know what's going on in your life. Just like, remember, Job's friends I mean, like the old saying goes, with friends like that, who needs enemies, you know? I mean, Job's three friends, they just, they insisted, David or Job, there's something going on in your life. There must be secret sins. Job, uh, there's something about you. Uh, the, The reason, the fault of it all has got to be your fault. And it wasn't, that wasn't the case at all. Wasn't the case at all. It was a desperate situation. Desperate situation for David. And uh, David was trusting the Lord. But it was a time of great humiliation on his part. Leaving his own city. Leaving his own throne. Barefoot. Weeping. 
How could this happen? How can this happen? You know, President Lincoln said this. He said, I have been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for that day. And you know, we may need to realize that we can't handle the burdens and the troubles by ourselves. But don't forget this, God doesn't expect us to. He wants us, he invites us, he pleads with us to come to him and bring to him our troubles and our trials and our problems and our sorrows and our hurts. Uh, He wants us to bring those to him. You know, there is no reward There is no blessing in dealing with problems all by ourselves when the Lord invites us, when the Lord invites us to bring those things to him. I mean, the Lord wants us to do that. He wants us to bring our sorrows. He wants us to bring our troubles. He wants us to bring those heartaches and those heartbreaks to him. Oh, I tell you, I heard it a long time ago. Thank the Lord for those things that drive us to our knees. Have you had that experience in your life? Where you have looked to the Lord and depended upon the Lord. And you know, and you know that the, your only help was to look to the Lord. You know, Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28 is a truth that is still available for us. That's why I appreciate this old-fashioned altar that we've got here. Jesus still says, come unto me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 still says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Psalm 55 verse 22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What do we need to do? We need to lay our distress before the Lord. There's something else that we can do. Second thing, and that is you can proclaim your faith to the Lord. You can proclaim your faith that you have in the Lord. That's what verse 3 down to verse number 6 in Psalm 3 is saying. And you know, I I really do appreciate, I really do love what verse 3 has there for us. Because in verse number 3, we see right there the great assets that we have as a child of God. Notice what it says there. But thou, O Lord... Art a shield for me? God gives us a shield. For me, my glory. Yes, God even gives us glory as we attempt to glorify the Lord. And then the third thing he says, uh, and he's also the lifter up of mine head. You've seen people, you've seen yourself do it. 
when things come on you, things are really heavy upon you, you know how you do. You know. I mean, if we're not careful, we're running to the wall. We're looking down so bad. And, and it says, the lifter up of mine head. And you know, how, you know how important it is that sometimes just to lift up and, and just look at someone in the eye and face what you're dealing with by looking at it. But you know, I, I think the scripture is even saying more than that. Because it's talking about not just simply lifting up your eye from looking at the floor. But he's talking about lifting up your eye and looking to where your help is going to really come from. The Lord. The Lord. And you know, it doesn't make any difference what you're facing. The Lord is able. It doesn't make any difference what you've encountered, what you've had to deal with. The Lord is able. Able. Oh, my friends, I tell you tonight, I hope you understand that there is a way that you can face tomorrow to lay it all out before the Lord and trust the Lord. And you can proclaim your faith. Let others know. Let others know who you are depending on. Let others know who you are trusting. Let others know about how great the Lord is and how the Lord is helping you. I mean, have a testimony. Have a testimony because you have seen what God has done for you in the past. And yes, what God is doing for you even, yes, even right now. Because the Lord loves you. And the Lord cares for you. And maybe you need to spend some time at this old-fashioned altar just looking to the Lord and, and those things that are troubling and pressing upon you, give them over to the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.